Okay, I'm going. All she right. said to do the thing, so I did the thing. <laughs> That's um, right. When Jess says jump, you fucking jump. That's pretty much what I do. I just... <clears throat> What's this, a game of Jess says? Yes. It's more like just the friendship, like... That's just how it's always been. No, it's more the fear. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jard. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, goodness, you guys. If you guys are listening, which I assume you're listening to this because of true crime, there was a lot of true crime shit this week. So much. None of it came, none of it was, I don't think, cases that we've ever talked about, but um, a lot of unsolved mysteries had um, things this week that were very interesting. I would like for us to talk about one of them one, one time on the podcast. I'm just not sure when or how we would do it. Oh, I have four to mention. <laughs> I, I already know it, one of them. I'm I already know one of them is what I'm thinking about. America's wild. <laughs> you Let's ain't lying, see. brother. <laughs> and I feel like these are relevant because they're all in salt. Well, one of them was actually solved this week. That was its big break. But um, these are all like ongoing unsolved mysteries. One of them dating back 50 years ago oh, in America. Wow. Um I'll, I'll keep it brief. I'm not going to give you guys the history because I do want to talk about a couple of these eventually on future episodes, maybe. Um, Robert Durst. Are mm -hmm. either of you guys familiar with Bobby Durst? Okay, well, Robert Durst was found guilty of first-degree murder of his best friend, Susan Berman, this week. Yesterday, actually. Um, short history of him. He's the one... Back in the 70s, his wife vanished without a trace. Um, and then there were a lot of really strange happenings that followed, and he has managed to evade arrest ever since then. Um, his best friend turned up dead. I think she was shot to death in her home in L.A. Like, I don't, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 90s, maybe. Um, and it was like a day before or the same day that she was set to speak with police about his wife disappearing. So she was found dead. Um, he later ran down to Texas and lived there where he dressed as a woman so no one would recognize him. And he befriended his landlord and then they had some kind of altercation and he murdered his landlord and dismembered him and dumped him in the bay. They never found his And then his got head. off. He, he got, he did not, I don't know if he, I don't think he got any prison time for that because he pleaded self-defense. I've never known dismembering as self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he shot him in the back of the head, too, or in the back. That's an so, execution. It was something like that. That's an execution, not a self-defense. Yeah. So it was very exciting to hear that um, he finally got got this week for something, anyway. Good. Um, a big thing that's been ongoing here recently, like in the last couple months, is the Murdaugh family murders. Well, they're in South Carolina, but it's close mm -hmm. enough. I don't know the full details of it. I just know that the Murdaugh patriarch, I believe it was, this last week, he was found to have been part of a an assisted suicide for hire plot. Um, 
a couple of weeks ago, he was randomly shot in the head and survived. And now it has come out that he hired someone to kill him so that his son would get life insurance money. That one's a whole thing. Like, the whole family is getting mysteriously murdered and no one knows who's doing it. They're like this super wealthy family in South Carolina. I don't know. I haven't got into it. Um, one from here, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Amber, Faith Hedgepeth. Yes. That was North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. That happened, I think, in 2009, and they just got her murderer a couple days ago. Yep. Um, and last but not least... The one that I've been in the group chat about for the last several days. Us Gabby both. Petito. Yeah, Gabby Petito and her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie. Which, I don't know how much you two have gleaned from that case. It just happened. Um, they were YouTubers or like Instagram influencers. They pretty much ditched their belongings. They took up the mobile life. Like they had everything they owned in a van. They were riding cross country. Uh, he returned from the trip and she did not. (laughs) And no one knows where she is. And as of last night, his family reported him missing. And they said he has not been seen since Tuesday and it is now Saturday. Wow. So now, now law enforcement, they are currently searching a nature reserve uh, about 10, 15 miles from his home. But there's been no news as of yet. So it's um, been a busy week for us true crime people. Yeah, sounds it. America wild. Yeah. I've been following the Robert Durst thing forever, like Charles like, we were sitting on the back porch. I know. I've like <clears throat> I've read all the books, I've watched all the documentaries, and then like we were sitting on the back porch last night. I was a little bit drunk, and Charles he just takes his phone and he's like, Dear. I'm like, what? And he like turns his phone and it's like an article like Robert Durst found guilty of first degree murder. And I like my legs, I just kicked my legs in excitement. I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> like, I was so stoked. I cannot believe it. But yeah, it, oh God. It's been great. It's been wild this week, you guys. Yeah. <sighs> America. I'm having true crime sensory <laughs> overload this weekend. <laughs> anyway, tonight. Amber is going to continue on with our John Bonet. About fucking time. Yeah, have you waited long enough? Yeah. I'm so excited. Four weeks. <laughs> okay, well, this portion of my John Bonet coverage is going to be just pretty much all of the evidence that's available for this case. Uh, some physical, well, a lot physical and circumstantial. Big caveat on the physical part because, as we discussed previously, um, her uh, the, the the crime scene uh, unfortunately wasn't as uh, protected <laughs> as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm gonna go ahead and say that um, this. This this portion of my research uh, with John Binet, uh, my sources are well. One, I'm not sure that I, because I was like kind of in the thick of it. I don't know that I wrote down all of my sources. I know that I've got Wikipedia and Bustle in there. Um, another uh, big part of my uh, sources is Jess actually, because she has already seen these notes 
Um, so this is really, um, I've highlighted all the extra notes that she gave me, but this is a, this is really a, a love child and a, um, a beautiful effort of me and her both, I will say. <laughs> so I'll just get into it. Um, this portion of my coverage of the John Benet Ramsey case will cover all available evidence pertaining to this case, both physical and circumstantial, which I already said, um, when a forensics team was dispatched to the house, the team initially believed that the child had been kidnapped and John Benet's bedroom was the only room of the house that was like just secluded and kind of protected. Like no one go near her room, which to me seems pretty dumb if mm -hmm. she's taking, if she's taken from her room. Yeah. Um, you, and you don't know exactly how she was taken. I mean, there wasn't... I'll get there. <laughs> so, no precautions were taken to prevent uh, contamination of evidence for the rest of the house. Meanwhile, friends, victim, advocates, and the Ramsey family's minister arrived at the home to show support. And visitors picked up and cleaned surfaces in the kitchen of the house when they were in there. Possibly destroying more evidence, and I will get to that, I promise. Um, so, the first portion of my notes that I'm going to go over is the ransom note. And I'm probably going to answer some questions that Ryan had from the first episode. Um, according to statements that Patsy, John Benet's mother, uh, gave to authorities on December 26, 1996 was that she realized her daughter was missing after she found the two-and-a-half-page handwritten ransom note on the kitchen staircase at the family's uh, Boulder residence. The note that demanded the precise $118,000, and I screwed up um, last episode. I said that, um, that due to inflation that that was probably closer to like two fifty, like two fifty k, and actually, uh, from the inflation from dated from twenty twenty, it was one hundred ninety four thousand seven hundred fourteen dollars. Mm. Um, wow, that's an exact number. A very exact number. That's and, weird. Yeah, and John, uh, John Benet's father. He pointed out to police on first on the scene that that amount was nearly identical to his Christmas bonus for the prior year, which suggested that someone would have had access to that information and would be involved in the crime. Right. So that's that's why that number seemed so so right. fucking specific. <clears throat> yes. Whether it was intruder or an inside job, why wouldn't you just round up to 120? Like if someone yeah. is getting at a hundred eighteen thousand dollar Christmas bonus, why mm. wouldn't you just ask for a hundred twenty thousand dollars? Because surely yeah. he has the extra two thousand. That's somewhere. Uh, um. So investigators looked at several theories behind the dollar amount demanded, considering employees at Access Graphics, where he was like the vice president or something, uh, who may have known the amount of John's prior bonus. Uh, but the, the police believe that the note was staged because it didn't have any fingerprints on it, except for Patsy's. And... 
other authorities that handled it. But those were the only fingerprints that were on the note. And again, I have to emphasize, this note was written inside the Ramsey home. A two and a half page ransom note inside home. Which seems just really too fucking comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. um, and because, and, uh, sorry, I just lost my place. Um, the note contained, contained an unusual amount of exclamation marks and, uh, like initialisms. Um, the note and practice draft, the, oh, oh, that's right. There was a practice draft of the note as well. What? Yeah. So. <laughs> both written inside the Ramsey home. Um, according to uh, CBI, which was the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, um, there are indicators that the author of the ransom note is Patricia Ramsey. However, the evidence fell short of a definitive conclusion. Michael Baden who is a board-certified forensic pathologist, and his name... (laughs) His name should sound familiar, and I've got a bit of information on him later. Um, He had consulted with both sides of the case and said he had never seen a note like it in his 60-year experience and that he did not think that it was written by an outside stranger. Um... I keep losing my place. I'm so sorry. Both John and Patsy Ramsey submitted handwriting samples to the police to the police shortly after John Benet was killed. Investigate investigators ruled out John as the writer of the note, but Patsy's handwriting was kept under suspicion. In 1997, a magazine, Vanity Fair, published an article that cited an investigator closely involved with the testing of the ransom note, who said that among 74 handwriting samples were analyzed by investigators. Patsy's handwriting was the only one that set off alarm bells. In 2001, handwriting analysts uh, Larry Ziegler and Gideon Epstein also argued that Patsy could be the writer uh, and in a segment for um, Investigation Discovery's recent series, uh, John Binet, an American murder mystery, a handwriting expert, uh, I hope I'm saying her name right, Sina Wong, uh, supported the theory that it's highly, pro- pl- highly probable that Patsy was the author of the um, of the ransom note. Um, the notepad and pen that was used to write the note um, was from a side table in the living room and both were put back after the note was written. A couple of things, because I don't, I don't remember seeing them in your notes, but um, weren't there kind of variations of letters within that note? Like they would write A, like the letter mm-hmm. A, different ways throughout the note. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same, or it yeah, wasn't because the same form A. No. Like you could tell, like fit, like physically just looking at the note, that you could see that it was someone trying to deliberately like try to mask their handwriting. And if I'm not mistaken, whenever they were doing the handwriting analysis and having like John and Patsy and everyone else write different notes, they would ask them, Hey, can you try writing it this way? Can you try writing it that way? 
question. Oh, you're fine. Yeah, and um, the other thing that I wanted to add on, I think it said that when when they brought Patsy in for the handwriting analysis, they said that it she seemed like she was deliberately trying to write different than how she regularly wrote. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, so, this... That's that's all of the interesting information about the note itself. So, Ryan, you were right to suggest, hey, that was a very specific amount. It's because it was. Yes. Okay. Finally, now Ryan's gonna... right. <laughs> Never going to hear that again. Please, let's write this information down. Okay, so... The next portion of my notes, I'm going to go over uh, John Binet's body and her autopsy. Um, so when John Binet was found, her mouth was covered with duct tape. A nylon cord was found around her wrist and her neck, and her torso was covered with a white blanket. Um, as we stated before in the last episode, John moved her body. When he found it downstairs, he carried it upstairs. So that's contamination, for one. Uh, secondly, he took the tape off of her mouth. Also, further contamination. So, so the autopsy revealed that John Binet had been killed by strangulation and a skull fracture. Um, the skull fracture uh, had to happen before the strangulation. Um... I was about to say something I shouldn't have just done. Uh, <laughs> um, but the with, with the strangulation uh, is what definitively killed her, um, especially because of the amount of force. Um, you know, she's still her her she was still breathing. Her blood vessels were, you know, still on her, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were able to uh, to determine that. Um, the official cause is asphyxia, asphyxia by, by strangulation associated with a craniocerebral trauma. Oof. There was no evidence of conventional rape, um, although a sexual assault could not be ruled out. Um, although no semen was found, uh, there was evidence that uh, there had been a vaginal injury. And the type of like vaginal injury that they're speaking of is... Um, Kind of like a foreign certain object? small, huh? Foreign object. Oh no, I didn't see that. From what I've got here, is that they did see like certain like abrasions from where like her vagina had been like forcibly wiped with like a cloth, and her death was ruled a homicide, obviously. Um. A garrote? Is that how you say that, Jess? Garrot. Hmm? Garrot? Garrot. Okay. A garrot that was made from a length of nylon cord and a broken handle of a paintbrush uh, was tied around John Benet's neck and had apparently been used to strangle her. Part of the bristle end of the paintbrush was found in a tub containing Patsy's art supplies. But the bottom third of it was never found despite uh, extensive searching of the house by the police in subsequent days. About um, the garage, sorry, I'm going to interject here. About the garage, yeah, just to kind of explain for, Ryan, do you know, do you understand 
like a garage yeah, situation? Yeah, I know a garage. Yeah, 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 I know a garage. Okay, well, for listeners who don't understand, it, a garage is a very, very kind of sophisticated knot. It's very mm-hmm. complex. It's not just a simple knot. It is a knot that is it's tied in such a way that it's designed so that if the victim is struggling, it tightens even more. Yeah. So it's not just a simple, you know, it's, it kind of ensures that they do mm-hmm. the thing to themselves pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, the autopsy also revealed a, a vegetable or fruit material, which um, was consistent with pineapple, which John Binet had eaten a few hours before her death. Um, photographs of the home taken on the day when John Benet's body was found show a bowl of pineapple on the kitchen table with a spoon in it. However, neither John nor Patsy said that they remembered putting a bowl on the table or feeding pineapple to John Benet. Um, police reported that they found John Benet's nine-year-old brother, Burke Ramsey's fingerprints on the bowl. Uh, but the Ramseys have always said that Burke slept throughout the entire night and that he never was awake during anything How would they know? that happened. How would they know? <laughs> I agree. And they also said that, um, which they said that he slept throughout the night and he slept for like even several hours after police and all these people are running in and out of the house. Supposedly. How many, and, how many eight-year-old kids do you know, or eight- or nine-year-old kids do you know that sleep like that well into mid... That's more of a teenage thing. Like, yeah. my kids, they... My four-year-old does not do it. No, I, can, I can tell you that right now. Little kids, they have a tendency to get up kind of early. Yeah. I can't up. tell you when was the last time I woke up after eight o'clock. I mean... Uh, even my nephew, he's six. He still gets up at like six or seven o'clock on the weekends. So, mm. yeah, yeah. We hate that shit as parents. Okay. So now I'm going to talk about a little bit about some blood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> getting, getting real, getting real dextery up in here. <laughs> Um, in, in December of 2003, which now this is several years later, there's, you know, a quite great advancement in forensic technology. Um, in December of 2003, holy crap, was that a bomb? No, just a car. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All I heard was dope. In December 2003, forensic investigators extracted enough material from a mixed blood sample found on John Benet's underwear to establish a DNA profile. The DNA profile belonged to an unknown male person and excluded DNA for each of the Ramses. The DNA was submitted to the FBI's combined DNA uh, index system, known as CODIS, uh, a database containing more than 1.6 million DNA profiles, but the sample did not match any profile in the database. Wow. In October, in October of 2016, a report said that new forensic analysis with more sensitive techniques revealed that the original DNA contained genetic markers from two individuals other than John Bonet. Uh, A. James Kohler, 
who was lead investigator for the DA's office, said that there were additional traces of male DNA found on the cord and the paintbrush that the Boulder District Attorney Mary Lacey did not mention. And that there were six separate DNA samples belonging to unknown individuals that were found by the test. So out of those six DNA samples, um, it's all, all going to unknown things. Um, former FBI profile can former FBI profiler Candace DeLong believes that the DNA, having shown up identically in several different places on multiple surfaces, belongs to the killer. Uh, former Adams County, Colorado District Attorney Bob Grant, who has assisted in Boulder's DA office on the case for many years, also believes that the DNA is significant, saying that any resolution of the case would have to explain how the DNA showed up on several pieces of John Benet's clothing. Forensic pathologist Michael Baden, a name that I've said before and got a fun nugget about mm -hmm. him, uh, trace amounts of DNA can get on places and clothing from all different things for all different reasons for non-suspicious means. And I've talked before kind of briefly, but like about touch DNA, I could touch Jess's shoulder and leave trace amounts of DNA on her shirt. Mm -hmm. That is very much such a thing. Yeah. Um, there is no there is no forensic evidence to show that this is a stranger murder. The reason why Michael Baden sounds um, familiar, uh, if you remember from Jess's brilliant, brilliant episode um, in our conspiracy theory season uh, regarding Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Michael Baden was the forensic pathologist who consulted on the Jeffrey Epstein case. He was the one that disputed that Epstein's death was a suicide due to the fractures found in his neck that were consistent with strangulation. Right. He's done a lot of high-profile cases, but what he was really weird, has. I unless I missed it, I did not see John Benet listed on his Wikipedia. Because it goes through, it you know does different paragraphs on like notable mm -hmm. cases that he's worked, but he didn't show. I'm not saying he didn't work on. Them. I'm just saying it's interesting that they would not include that because it's such a huge case. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Ooh, <laughs> hi puppies. <laughs> um. There was also a boot print that was found next to John Benet's body, which did not belong to anyone in the family or in the house. Uh, there was also a broken window in the basement, which was believed to be the most likely point of entry for the intruder. However, John Ramsey later claimed that he accidentally broke the basement window prior to the murder. And I guess just decided to never fucking fix it. I don't I was know. I say, why wouldn't you fix it? They had like... They had fuck you money for an average American yeah. family. Like, they why really would you just, did. just call somebody? You've got two young kids in the house. Why would you risk that? A nearly $200,000 Christmas bonus and you can't fix a fucking window? <laughs> yeah. Did you say the boot that was... <clears throat> the boot print found was next to her body, did you say? It was, it was next to her body. It did not belong to anyone in the house. Ooh. And it was... A police, or usually police-grade brand of yep. boot, right? Yes. 
Well, so that- that's why that's kind of like why people think the scene was so contaminated because you can't really say if that yeah. was from a, a police or an officer, you know, trekking through there or not. Well, that throws a fucking spanner in the works, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. 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 Now I'm coming up on my last little bit of notes here, and they are all from Jess. Because I, I I love when she gives me nuggets. Um a suitcase was found in the basement, and the Ramses claimed that it was not theirs and they did not know where it came from. Uh, the suitcase contained a semen encrusted blanket and a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> no, Ryan. <laughs> now, in the crime scene pictures, this this suitcase is kind of, you can see it in the pictures in the basement and the crime scene photos. It's kind of angled toward the broken window like someone was going to use it to step onto and then climb out the window. I think I forgot to mention it in the notes I gave you, Amber, but they also found a scuff mark on the wall under the window. Okay, yeah, I don't have that in my notes. I'm glad you said that. Okay, uh, but I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, just give it to him. Finish that yeah, up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to. He's having a fucking meltdown. Um, <laughs> I'm struggling here. <laughs> the semen uh, belonged to John's oldest son, John Andrew, from his previous marriage. Um, he did not live at the Ramsey home. Uh, however, his son, he wasn't in Boulder at the time. So I'm guessing it had just been there for a very long time. That, okay. Right. I didn't know if somebody was really enjoying Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I knew that's where your mind was going. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Horton hears a who? <laughs> Green eggs and ham. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'm, I shouldn't be laughing talking about John Bonet. Okay, my last bit, my last little bit of information is that there was a flashlight found in the kitchen in the Ramsey home that the Ramsey said did not belong to them. And guess what, folks? It was wiped clean. There were no fingerprints. It was wiped mm. clean. Mm. Just chilling in the kitchen. Why are they gonna do that? Why are they gonna do that? Just fucking don't. Mm. I think I said it in the first JonBenet episode, but this crime—it was <clears throat> the dumbest, sloppiest murder that's probably been this highly publicized, and they still got away with it. It's like they've made it too obvious to not be caught that it's just blatantly obvious that they should be caught. Back to the Mm. suitcase, though, real quick. I did hear or read or something that now, you know, if you're listening to this and you know differently, then please correct me. But don't because I'll get very mad. But I feel like I heard somewhere that they found (laughs) pajama fibers from the pajamas that John Bonet was wearing in the suitcase. So it kind of seemed like whoever did that was going to try to put her in the suitcase and take mm-hmm. her out of the house. But maybe she didn't fit or something. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know. I don't know. Kids are very small, but that just doesn't seem like plausible to me. But yeah. 
Oh, I mean, the Dr. Seuss book was in the, the suitcase, so that takes up a lot of space. Well, when you're also thinking about that, it's like, did they bring that with them to, like, lure her? Mm-hmm. I have, I'm, I'm going to have my theories about her being lured later in the last episode where I'm going to discuss theories and what possibly could have happened, what I think happened allegedly. I just feel like it's a little brazen for John and Patsy to be like, oh, no, Burke never gets up in the middle of the night. He would never. He sleeps through the night. That house was huge. That was a three-story house. And, I mean, I don't know the layout, but depending on where their bedroom was... They wouldn't even know if he, if, you know, if it's a little kid getting up in the middle of the night, little kids are quiet and creepy anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, unless they just don't she sleep or they have ultrasonic hearing, it's like, yeah, how would they even know to begin with? I'm very, I'm very unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 guess what? Guess what? I've been living with this since I was like five or six. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I'm also not happy and it's still not solved. I'm just be mad like the rest of us. I just, I'm getting more annoyed the further we get into this on the basis that yeah, they, they've clearly tried too hard to not be caught out. It's just, they're just incriminating themselves even further. And it's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it's like hiding in plain sight. It was the absolute dumbest murder. <clears throat> and still. And, and it's just, like everyone can see it. And yeah. they got away with it. Yeah. And just, have we talked about, like, the fact that it was snowing? Like, there's snow on the ground. And, like, the thing about snow and crime scenes, if you are a person that believes that there was an intruder. Um, the beautiful and perfect thing about snow, snow melts. But if it's cold enough, snow will also hold its structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, that is the most riskiest, I would yeah. think, t- yeah. to commit a crime. Yeah. I mean, if you are in-house and trying to say that you did it, it's, I mean, on top of everything else that you have to do to show that you did not do it, you also would kind of need to think exterior-wise. Like, okay, how do I, if I want someone to think an intruder did this, then what do I need to do outside the house to make it appear that way? So you would kind of think, you know, maybe I'll just go, you know, walk around the house so there's, like, footprints looking like an intruder. But, no... I don't but see. Then did. that's I don't a think tricky. They did find any footprints. Yeah, and see, but see, that's a that's a tricky thing to even do in the snow because wherever you step, that's where you step, and it's going to be apparent. Yeah. Depending on the amount of snowfall. Yeah. Mm. But also, it doesn't help how many people turned up. No, it at, does at, not. At that time. So. That's that's why I stress. <laughs> So much in the first episode, and obviously now it's apparent looking at our list of evidence, how everything was just so compromised Mm. from the start, this little girl did not have a chance. No. No. 
I mean, whoever did it really could not have planned it any better. I mean, they didn't really plan any of the subsequent events. It's like you just kind of have to do it and then hope everything turns out. And like whoever did it, did it. And it just all fell in their favor. Like, yeah, Yeah. crazy. Fuck. Sorry to be just... so frustrating, boys. <laughs> that is just so bizarre. It's just, just. There's so many things that point to someone else. Yeah. But there's also so many things that point to the parents. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So it's welcome. Just... Can I tell you? It makes me very happy that you have come to that <clears throat> conclusion, just by me telling you about the case and not me saying yet what I think. I'm just yeah. very glad that you I'm glad that's coming through. Like the letter for definite I <laughs> I'm convinced it, it's it's the mum with the evidence you've brought forward and everything that's there, the fact that there was as soon as you said that they there was a draft that was also written inside the house enough said so to me the evidence points to them, but then when you mentioned that um, about this rogue boot print, well, it's like well, if that doesn't match anybody that was in the house or anything like that, and then this, but then and then the rogue flashlight as well, which again that points somebody else, but then the fact that it was wiped clean, well then that just incriminates the parents again because they're the only ones that in the but house. It could be. It's also that easy for them to say it. that it's not theirs. Yeah, whoever did it wiped it clean. Kind of like well, with the well, note yeah. not having stranger yeah. fingerprints but, on it. But then you have if to look it was at the never fact in that... The... Go ahead. Yeah. If it was never in the house to start with, why wipe it clean and leave it there? Yeah. If you brought it with you, why would you leave it? Yeah. What um, was the, Amber, was the note handwritten on paper? Yeah. Uh, the notepad and pen that w- it was written on was on a side table, well, which stayed on a side table, which I'm guessing was in like a sitting room or a living room or something like that. Yeah, they had and it for the phone. Like I told you, the note itself was found on the back staircase. So they wrote the note, put the pen and the pad and the pen back where it belonged, put the note on the staircase. So they would have sat, probably sat in the living room. Maybe. Wherever the notepad was. Or maybe they're just really OCD and realize they need to put stuff back where it goes because that's <laughs> maybe how they like their house, allegedly. Maybe they were overthinking it too much and thought, how can I make this look so pristine and like it wasn't actually done here? And then they fucked it up and realized, oh shit, it is actually going to be me. But mm. it's not like it's not like John and Patsy were just, you know, super trustworthy because i mean they sat here and said oh well uh we don't know where the pineapple came from because you know burke was sleeping i mean it had burke's fingerprints on the bowl yeah so i mean clearly that's like okay like you're obviously you're lying about this Uh so when it came to the flashlight and then being like oh we've never seen that before that's never would and then the suitcase how would John Andrews' suitcase be in their basement and they didn't know? Yeah. And he didn't even live there. 
So like it's I, like all these things are coming up and there's like, well, we don't know where that came from. We've never seen that before. But it, <laughs> with the pineapple, it's like, okay, but Burke's fingerprints are literally on the bowl. Yeah. At the very least, maybe he made the bowl and then just sat it down. At the very least. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm. Oof. Are you going to mention the taser? I will let you because I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, John Benet's body, when they found it, she had two circular burn marks on her back that looked like they could be from a stun gun. Then someone else mm-hmm. later theorized that they could be marks from a powerized train set, like a connecting mm-hmm. piece. Yep, yep, I'm remembering that's, this That's now. more like the, uh, the Burke did it people they're like well if he did it and he had a train set like an electric train set then maybe he did something to her and then got worried that she was really hurt and like poked her in the back to see if she was alive but yes she had she did have the two little circle marks on her back like she had been tased shit the fuck i'm telling you they did everything to this little girl short of Stabbing her and yeah, shooting her, basically. I mean, pick a way to murder someone and stick with it. I mean, damn. Yeah, don't, because don't I, try and do a checklist. Like, just, yeah, because I will, I, I will say, I feel like whomever did it, which I will theorize later in my last episode, um, because of the fact that she suffered the skull fractures first and then died by the... Ex- ex- Fiscation. I can't say that word right. Um, I'm not even going to attempt. Ryan. It's it's yeah. Don't you dare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you of all people. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me like she was struck, or maybe something happened. She was hurt. Maybe she passed out, and someone thought that maybe she was not alive. And then once they realized she wasn't, that she was still alive, maybe panicked and then just decided to finish off what they were doing. Whatever the process was here, I just, I I do think that whatever happened to her, and I could be wrong, just like I could be wrong with the Casey Anthony thing. I think that whatever happened with JonBenet was probably not intentional. And I think it was just, I think it was covered up. Because it was an accident. Um, but the means in which it just... When you when you think about it from one perspective, like, of who did it, it just doesn't make sense. Because it's like, you know, I've tried to theorize it myself where I'm... Because she was struck in the head first, I'm like, okay, maybe someone hit her in the head. Had, like, you know, got mad at her, hit her with something. The flashlight, perhaps hit her in the head and accidentally knocked her out and was like, oh shit, like I just fucked up. Thought she was dead. And then it's like, okay, but when you see that she is not actually dead though, why Why not get her help? Move on to actually kill her. Why wouldn't you just be like, uh yeah, so my bad. Like (laughs) glad you're not dead. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh shit, you're not dead. Oh, but I'm gonna get in trouble for doing this to you, so let me just fucking strangle you. It just it honestly seems a little bit like a child's logic. 
you know, which we will cover. It just doesn't I make sense. L- I had thoughts that jealous brother of the attention of his little sister. We will cover that. But, yeah. Because there's a lot. There is. I will say there is a lot to Bert Ramsey. A lot. If you want it, Amber, when I was doing my research for the notes for this episode, I did find a mm-hmm. transcript of his interview with yes. Dr. Phil. Yes, yes. I've watched uh, that interview several times, matter of fact, but a transcript would be helpful. There was It was a transcript, but it dissected every single statement he made and like it was like a language analysis kind of thing where Ooh. they examined words that he used or phrases that he used to you know be like oh well I was it about to like say, he means this yeah I was about to say if if I'm remembering correctly I cannot remember the guy's name but he did like a um like a speech and body language analysis of the interview and that was interesting <sighs> Hmm. So yeah, hmm. we'll talk about all that fun stuff in another four weeks. Fuck there's off. so much. No, it could be swap you do next week again, and I'll catch up later down the line. Which, and I will say, there is someone who confessed to John Benet's murder. Why are you edging? Oh, there's been a there's been quite a few. Why are you edging me like quite that? Quite a few. Why are you gonna do that? I'm just letting I'm just letting you know, baby. I'm just letting you know. But now I can't do fuck all with that for four weeks. And if I go and Google it, I'm cheating. Don't do I'm it. I'm not going to, but now I'm not gonna Also, yeah, don't cheat on a good old Bobby Durst or Casey Anthony. I don't you know, I know they're not gonna cheat on Casey Anthony, but I, I do want to cover Robert Durst in the future at some point. Yeah, maybe, that's maybe what I was a talking second, about. Maybe a second Unsolved Mysteries season eventually. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm. that's what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Like, I would love for us to talk about Bobby. I did have someone approach me yesterday and say that we should do an episode on the Gabby Petito thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't even... Um, they mentioned a bonus episode, but I don't want to lock that information yeah. behind a paywall. Kind of like, I think, one yeah. of the Free Britneys we did, it didn't feel mm-hmm. right to put it behind a paywall. So, maybe. We ended maybe, up not undoing it. Maybe when there's it more could, information. Yeah, I was going to say, it would probably be better to wait until there was more information. And also, that could be like a good in-between season story just to cover for shits yeah. and bubbles. By the way, Ryan, I don't know if you saw it in the group chat the other day or not, but we had a little bit of a crossover situation. I was watching Riverdale, as I do, and they mentioned the Moores murders. Really? The Moores murders exist in the Riverdale universe, apparently. Damn. Okay, no, I did not know. I didn't I didn't catch that in the chat, no. Which is frightening, because yeah. I always imagine that Riverdale exists on a somewhat of a parallel or perpendicular yeah. universe that's what, that's yeah. what we because hope it's fucking for. ridiculous yeah, that's what we hope it's for. definitely not in this world <laughs> yeah, that's no. not the case apparently <laughs> no. Damn, okay. anyway <laughs> so next we have Me. ryan do you know what you're doing i do not the original plan that i was going to do uh, right. We've of, of now decided I'm not going to do for right. multiple reasons. 
I won't get into it. So, no, I do right. not know what I'm going to do for episode two. Well, for my episode two, anyway. I, I'm back to square one. Diddly squat. Um, but I will, I will be I researching I still hard. think you should do Madeline McCann. I'm thinking that for my third episode. I'm thinking of going out with a bang and with a big one. I feel like you could split it into two yeah, if you wanted to. Yeah, that one, because that's that a lot. would need to be split. That gives me less than a week. There's a, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, but you, t- you a can lot. break it up. So, like Amber has all the evidence, True. and then the theories, True. sort of thing. Well, yeah, or you, could, yeah, that, yeah, that is a yeah. huge one too. Well, tomorrow when I finish when I finish editing this, I will be I will be hooked. Knuckling down with my research into something, so uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what the fuck I'm gonna do. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see you change your opinion on the situation. Well, the that's I, what. That's really just why I want you to do this. Yeah, because for your because episodes, my, because because my opinion on Madeline McCann it is actually based off of news. I don't know anything else other than what I've seen on the news. I know nothing else. I've not seen any of the documentaries. I've not listened to any of the podcasts. I've not read into any of it. I literally saw what was presented on the news. And then I went by other people's opinions and the facts that were presented to me by others. My influence. I was influenced. There we wow. go. Wow. You sound like so the average your- American. Yes. I was about <laughs> to say, so as your friends, we are challenging you to just dig a little deeper Try to open up your perspective and do a little research. All right, I'll do it. We want Yay! you to be smart. <laughs> and if you have any questions, please feel free to ask me because I know everything except, you know, what happened to her. In other words, you're asking me <laughs> to ask you. <laughs> I'm just saying I wouldn't be upset. Okay. Hey, look, Jess was Jess was super fucking helpful and has been super fucking helpful with my John Bonet stuff. So very oh, yes. Well, I have no doubt in it. I have no doubt in it. I know everything about everything that has ever happened in the history of all time. Why are you, are you gonna are you gonna be able to fit out your door in the minute? No. What? You're gonna be able to fit out your door even <laughs> with that big head. Um, I'm never putting my hair up again for this podcast. <laughs> I know I have a big forehead, Ryan. Thanks. I'm not I know I look like fucking Jimmy Neutron right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm fucking beautiful. Get out of here. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Okay. Anything else to add before I close it out? I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that I have any more. I don't think I have any more Jominate evidence up my sleeve right now. I, I'm just. I'm so excited to get my last episode out of the way. That way, I can just feel like I can vent and say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Please don't sue me, Ramsey family. Already said the yeah, I'm really excited about my conclusion. I'm so excited for my conclusion too. I just want to see the boys. <sighs> Poor boys. Poor boys. Which is the unex. Yeah, we're so we're so clueless over on this side. We? <laughs> <laughs> we're so clueless. Anyway, how do I close this out? 
Um, so if you guys are listening and you are not patrons on our Patreon, I highly suggest you subscribe or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. Give us money. I don't know. Support us. <laughs> Our our September Patreon episode was it was fucking bananas. It, it was yeah. great. We haven't had one like that. That that was something else. Yeah, that was fun. So if you guys want that episode, become a patron. Um, you can leave us a voicemail. Speakpipe.com slash jar. Uh, find us on all the socials. In- yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Jard Podcast, Twitter at Jard Official. You can find us on Facebook, Jard Posting. Um, what else, you guys? Our website, I, our I merch. Oh, yes, our website. What's our website? Jardpodcast.com. Yes. <laughs> Basically, just, as <laughs> we say every week, search Jard Podcast, Podcast on anything and you'll find us. <laughs> and I, I don't, you know, I think I'm going to cut out the, uh, the the streaming plug because if someone's listening to this, they already know where to listen to this. So I'm not yeah. going to be like, oh, you can find us on Apple. Blah, 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 yeah, I think everybody because now has their own reliable source of how to find us. Just make sure you download the shit. Yes, please. Rate, review, subscribe, download, do whatever the fuck. It's so easy. It's much easier and takes much less time than actually listening to our episodes. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Do it. If you're listening for an hour, you can spend five seconds just hitting that button. Yeah, do it. Do it. Otherwise, you're going to have that one on your ass. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say something about do my it. No, do yeah, no. Wait, wait, we record. Wait, 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 we're done. We're doing that. <laughs> anyway, see you guys next week. Bye. Yeah, fuck bye. You. bye. Bye. You gotta stop saying fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>